Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my blog, where it is both my mission and simultaneous pleasure to highlight my creative journey in hopes of inspiring you, giving you specific takeaways, and all in the hopes that your journey is at least a little bit easier. So, uh, before we get into things, though, I would like to take the opportunity to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already. That we get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. So, let's really dive into things, shall we? Last week, I basically summarized uh, two months or maybe even more of stuff that's been going on. And so this week, I'm going to kind of touch upon some of that stuff, but more so, you know, highlight what this past week has been like. And, you know, sometimes it's good to put a word to a certain emotion. And I don't know what it is, but, uh, but frustration would be the emotion that I think encapsulates just everything that I've been doing, right? Um, And it doesn't mean that progress hasn't been made. It doesn't mean that things to a degree aren't going well, but it just seems um, much harder than, not that it should be, but, but yeah, it's just, it's just hard. And as I said, I mean, frustrating is the perfect word to utilize. So let's start with, uh, let's start with the, let's start with my second feature of Bogota trip, which we're uh, trying to get over the full finish line, right? So we had a premiere back in June and and it was wonderful, but uh, you know, in that sense, we prioritize certain things and now we want to just just finesse it, right? Just really being nitpicky about it and just, you know, adjusting a VFX here, um, adjusting some audio, you know, heightening it, blah, 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 whatever it may be, right? And so just trying to get that over the finish line. Um, and it's it's difficult because, you know, in many ways we all have sort of moved on um, to a degree mentally, right? Uh, I mean, certainly I talked about it in last episode. You know, now this is the part of the process that you're really doing it uh, out of necessity, but creatively it's like I've I've, I've already like made the movie. Now it feels more like a chore than an actual thing. And, you know, unfortunately for all of us, yeah, I mean, um, life kind of moves fast. And so, you know, we're having to like make the time to, to do this. And it's not a a lot of things, but also just other life matters have complicated it. And that's why I'm a big advocate of, you know, when you have the people to just do everything that you can, um, you know, and get it and just get it done. Right. Um, that's why like, I knew one of my frustrations with, this movie, although in hindsight it worked out really well, was I had always wanted to film everything in the two weeks that we were in Colombia. And through no one's fault, uh, it just 
there was a couple scenes that we just couldn't get done there. And so we need to plan uh, essentially three days of LA shoots. I mean, we could have done it faster, but, uh, but it just ended up being spaced out over three days. And, you know, coordinating everyone's schedule to make that happen was, uh, was a big difficulty, right? And so, yeah, I just know from past experience, like, that phase of it is over. Um, like, you know, when you have the people, get everything done sort of thing. Because once they're out into the world, you know, life moves pretty quick, as they say from Ferris Bueller, and just life in general, right? That's the adage. Uh, but, you know, it's not that anyone isn't doing a good job or so forth. Um, we are. It's just, uh, yeah, our schedules aren't kind of aligned. And so um, communicating and just getting it past that finish line, especially you know, there's a, there's a deadline we need to meet. Um, so that doesn't, that doesn't help things, um, for any of us, unfortunately, although it is, you know, it's, it's deadlines in a weird way are like a double-edged sword, right? They're good because they give you, okay, like we got to get it done. Uh, hell or high water, let's go get it done. And that's it. You know, much like I talked about with the premiere for June, it was like by hell or high water, we have to have something that's good, uh, you know, maybe not like the completed, completed, you know, idealistic version we have in our mind, but like we need something for that, right? So it galvanizes things. But at the same time, you know, that creates pressure. So pressure is that double-edged sword. Um, you know, so, and kind of on top of that, what's, uh, you know, in many ways, one of the things I thought about was, okay, you know, as a worst case scenario, and still it's a possibility, but we could, you know, just use the version we had um, and uh, had used in the June premiere at Marina del Rey because uh, it's certainly presentable. But the problem is the requirements for the screening are uh, different than than the festival for June. And so that means I have to go through the process to make what we call a DCP, a digital cinema package. That's this, this process that creates essentially a file that theaters can ingest and play. And so, uh, you know, there's a cost associated with that. And the requirements for this are, are vast, meaning uh, they're very uh, specific um, and they want backups upon backups, which all of that just costs more money, right? Um, and not only, you know, whereas with Marina Del Rey, we were able to just provide a link, which is much cheaper versus like a hard drive, which not only are you like buying the hard drive, you're paying for them to put it on the hard drive and then you have to take that hard drive and you have to ship the hard drive. So uh, it's, it's a lot more costly already. And so in that sense, it's like, okay, well, if I'm only going to pay the money to do this, I'd rather have it be for the final version of the film that we have moving forward for all festivals instead of just now, you know, paying, you know, let's say a grand or more um, priced out to essentially just a one-time screening, right? That's... It doesn't make sense. 
And so that's, that's the frustrating part is just getting it to that finish line. And, you know, even the company that I'm working with, they're kind of like, who, who the hell requires, you know, all of this? Like, that's just asinine. And I'm like, yeah, listen, I get it. But unfortunately, trust me, no one, uh, like the fact that, you know, a Blu-ray and a DVD must be provided. It's like, yeah, that could knock off like 500 almost $600, but they're requiring it. And you know what? It'll, in, the, in the end, it'll be good for me to have a Blu-ray and a DVD master for my own personal stuff, but damn, it's, it's just a lot, you know? It's just a lot. Uh, so, yeah, you know, um, just trying to, trying to get all that done. Um, and, you know, in the midst of this, um, we're kind of entering an interesting phase of, of the film because now we're going to be getting a lot of responses, um, about the film, whether we got into festivals that would play in September, October, November, right? Like that would be the bulk of the festivals that we would play, assuming that we get in. And already we've gotten, uh, you know, we've gotten responses. Um, and as you can kind of sort of surmise based on what I'm talking about, um, we did get into another one that we're preparing for, and I will kind of make a more official announcement once once we know the screening date and details uh but but yes um there is one that is coming up uh but we've also gotten rejected from others and you know we i i've been rejected with this film before certainly from the con film festival um which was no surprise in that sense but and we've gotten rejected to other festivals that that you know weren't as you know, grandiose as the Cannes Film Festival. But that was when we had a working copy. And the working copy, I talked about this in in the past, like you really had to take, take a leap of faith on it, right? Where uh, it, it was fully edited, but there was no color correction. There were no VFX. And the sound was pre-sound design, and it was just god-awful, right? And so even for me, you know, who's seen plenty of rough cuts, I, I could look at that and be like, okay, you know, there's something special there. But the question lingers of, is the team good enough to actually make this good? Um, and when you don't know the people, yeah, that's, that's a big leap of faith, faith to take. So I could understand why there would be that rejection in those early rounds, right? But now, when we have essentially, uh, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the movie's like 98% done, right? The things that we're changing are really, really nitpicks that I, you know, no one had noticed from the first screening. Um, it was just, you know, our own internal sense of neuroses as artists of like, you know what, let's just, let's just put the finishing touches on this, right? And so anyone can watch that and enjoy it, right? And, you know, from an objective standpoint, you know 
that it ultimately doesn't have anything to do with the quality of the film, right? Um, festivals pick based on any number of factors, right? You know, um, what they think their audiences will like, what, what sort of theme that they're trying to create, um, all that stuff, right? But e even though on the logical level that is understood, doesn't mean emotionally that, that there's not a pain there of, of rejection, right? Um, and especially when you work so hard and when, you know, I, for me, I know it's both for me that like the, the stereotypical blood, sweat and tears went into it as well as money. But then I also know uh, my team is essentially doing that. And, and if anything else, I don't know, I like to think on the altruistic side of it that, yeah, I really want these victories for my team and, you know, not getting them just does suck, you know? Um, and the more and more you sort of get of them, it, it messes with your mind, you know? I mean, this is why actors, uh, you know, they talk about, like, it, it's, it's a very difficult process to go from audition to audition because you're getting, like, literally thousands upon thousands of no's, especially when you're starting off, uh, to then make it. And listen, rejection is just all part of the process. It's not indicative of anything. You know, as Brene Brown talks about, she could fill an entire football stadium of rejection letters for her first book. And again, the, logically, yes, that makes sense. And, you know, it, it resonates. You get it. But there's just something about the emotional side, like, you, you, you can't do anything about that. It still effing sucks. And so that'll be sort of the greatest battle in August is as more and more uh, festivals get back to us, you know, I'm sure some will be yeses, but then I'm sure that a lot of them will also be noes. And so it's being able to sort of work through that and... You know, for me, I try and stay busy. Like, again, we're focusing on just completing the movie in the way that we can. Um, we're talking with uh, sales agents and distribution companies and things like that. So, try, you know, keeping that ball rolling to be able to get the movie out onto streaming platforms and so forth. Um, so any of these so-called rejections are not indicative and will not hamper that. Uh, but again, just as the artist, it messes with you. Um, and you try and stay busy, but that in itself has its own... Like I said, you know, I've been identifying these frustrations of, of, of that side of it. Creatively, I'm trying to outline what could potentially be a third film, you know, and I, I like, so basically there's uh, two outlines that I have that I that I really like both and I'm undecided on which one, but I'm, I'm making sure that both outlines are as complete as possible because either way, um, I want to make them. It just depends which one I make first. And, uh, you know, by, by doing that, 
that's, I mean, you're essentially trying to create two completely different stories and just even creating one story in general is frustrating enough um, or, you know, difficult enough and hence the difficulty can lead to frustration. And one of them I'm actually relatively done, at least like me, like I'm settled upon of like, okay, this is a good outline and right now I'm sort of getting feedback on it. So like that side of it at least like can make me feel good. I'm trying to finalize the second one, which is a fantasy uh, story. And fantasy has the pitfalls of a lot of things that you can come up with could be cliches. And so, you know, working to eliminate those cliches is very difficult work takes a lot of time and patience and therefore creates frustration. And not only that, not only is it a fantasy thing, um, ultimately it would be a trilogy. And in order for all of it to make sense, you know, I want to layer in uh, things that will pay off by the third movie. And so you have to think of that and know where things are headed in order to be able to write the first one. And so essentially you're creating an outline for the entire trilogy. So it's not just one story, it's three. And none of it, you don't want any of it to lag. You know, as they, like a lot of times it's the, uh, you know, even within a singular story, a singular movie, the middle can tend to drag. And then certainly when you extend that out, when you have a trilogy, you know, the, the second movie can be, just filler and I don't want it to just be filler right Uh, nobody ultimately does it just sometimes you know it happens that way and so uh, you know trying to resolve that and and figure out solutions and so forth is difficult and therefore frustrating Um, when you just can't solve something and when something's just not working or you know feels stupid and cliched it leads to that So, you know, in some sense, it's good that I'm doing this because uh, it, for lack of a better term, distracts me from just focusing and being anxious about, you know, a Bogota trip and, you know, what's going on with that. Um, It allows me to satisfy creativity, but, you know, um, better or worse, Yeah, there's it's it's, it's difficult, right? Um, and that's why, like, there's a TV show called The Bear on uh, Hulu, and I really like it. A lot of other people like it. If you haven't seen it, check it out. And without spoiling anything, there is a moment where um, two chefs talk about kitchen fires, right? Like everyone in adver- everyone in their lifetime accidentally starts a kitchen fire, right? That's basically the crux of what they're talking about, and but then they, they sort of talk about, like, you ever just kind of stare at it and you're like, you know what? If I don't do anything, this entire place would burn down and my life would be so much better. And then both characters kind of think about that, process it, and then look at each other and it's like, and then what do you do? It's like, well, you put the fire out. And to me, 
what that means and it relates very much to creativity because all the things that I'm talking about, this frustration could be eliminated quite easily by not giving an F about any of this. And yet, <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah, just, just let it all burn and life would be so much easier. But you put out the fire. <laughs> you know, meaning as artists, we can't help but create. You know, it's not even a, a, a choice. It's like you just you just have to. It's it's a it's the blessing and the curse, um, and that's why it's interesting. Like when I talk to certain when I talk to certain friends or people that I coach, you know, I do often wonder of like, what's the motive for you? Because for me, there, like, there really is no choice. To but to like get make this stuff, right? And that's why by hell or high water, I will figure it out. You know, people looked at me like I, I had you know twenty bajillion heads when I said I'm going to make a movie in Colombia. We're going to do it in November. And as of now, there's no script. But if you're in, I will write a part for you in that script, whatever it may be, right? And yeah, by all accounts, that is. Very, very insane. Like, I look back on it and I'm like, yeah, that was holy crap. That was, wow. And the fact that we pulled it off is not just one miracle, like a series of eight million miracles to get to this point. And that's kind of an interesting notion too because you know, whatever project is out there, good or bad, right, still takes a vast amount of effort. And when that's not, not that the audience ever has to recognize that, like, you know, it's not the audience's role to see behind that and be like, oh, well, you know, they put in a lot of effort, therefore I like this. No, they're supposed to objectively look at it and just be like, what was a good piece of art or not? Did I enjoy it? Did I not? Did it resonate with me? Did it not? But again, the theme, it doesn't mean that, that on emotional level, um, it's not painful for the artist. You know, for me, like I think about Jordan Peele's Nope and, you know, they invented like a, a specific way to film at night, right? And I'm interested in that because I am a filmmaker. But as an audience, again, all that goes out the window and it's like, you gotta just look at what it is, you know? And that's the interesting part. Navigating all of this as an artist and just... Being able, being able to go, as Winston Churchill says, you know, success is being able to go from failure to failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. And it's really true. And, you know, overall, I haven't lost the enthusiasm, but there's definitely better days and worse days. Um, And I think, you know, that's why, like, my main driving force is always just, just make some progress. Just, just make, even, like, if the day is frustrating as hell, 
just just get something done, right? And not to brag in that sense, but you know, the, the bar for me is also very high. I mean, there's days, um, you know, objectively, most people would look at like what I do and be in awe of it. I mean, I can think back to yesterday. Not only like just from one standpoint, I edited three podcasts from start to finish, as well as five mini podcasts from start to finish. Now, for anyone or for a lot of people out there, just finishing one podcast in a day, um, with the level of editing that it requires you know, of the podcast that I'm working on would be a fantastic day. The fact that I got that many of them done, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot and speaks volumes. And yet, on top of that, I did other stuff. Um, and, and those were good. But, uh, but then, of course, you know, there's certain things that you want to like ultimately get to, which for me, let's say is cracking the code on like this trilogy that I'm trying to figure out. And, you know, I didn't make much progress in that. So it's interesting how we fixate on these issues that aren't really issues, but our minds make them the issues. And it's not that nothing got done for that. Just not as much as you know, my ego brain would like. So it's very interesting um, in that sense to me to consider and think about. Um, And yeah, I mean, for me that like, realistically, I know I'm not the only one, um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of this is like a seven day a week thing. Just progress every single day. And it doesn't mean that, like, I don't have fun. Like, I went um, and saw Real Madrid versus Juventus with a friend of mine. Uh, I went to a Wiz Khalifa and Logic concert with another friend of mine uh, also last week, right? So these, these just one of these in and of itself would be, like, just amazing for people. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I always manage to fit all the things within what I have going on um, and find the time, the pockets of fun within that, right? And that's why, like, for me, I don't necessarily need days off or vacation because the fun is also built into that, you know? Even if it's just going to see movies and or playing soccer and things of that nature, it's all built into the schedule. But interestingly enough, speaking of the, uh, you know, the soccer game and in the concert, um, one, of, one of the interesting parts to observe has been just the inefficiency of Los Angeles. So the concert was on Thursday. I went to the airport to pick up a friend on Friday. And then Saturday, we went to the Rose Bowl. So three different types of locations. And just the inefficiency with which these things are run. Like, 
It took us two and a half hours to get into the Rose Bowl. Um, and still we were like 20 minutes late uh, for the start of the game. Just in, in, in insane to sort of think about, right? Um, and so, yeah, just kind of, I don't know, in that sense too, like just continuing the theme of frustration, I get very upset with inefficiency and when I know like things can be done better, it just rubs me the wrong way. You know, speaking of like LAX, the airport, they have two bus lanes and yet most buses don't take those bus lanes. They end up in the car lane, annoying and ridiculous. Then you have these parking structures and you have, I'll call them off ramps. So meaning, you know, you get into the parking lot. That's great. That's taking away cars from the roundabout of this airport. But then at the same time, you have exits out of those parking lots near the uh, off-ramp, let's say. And these cars are getting back into the circle traffic. When, why wouldn't you just have it so all that traffic goes to the exit? Right? So it makes no sense, and it's very frustrating. You know, just one loop around this damn airport can take you quite honestly, 20 to 30 minutes. So it's ridiculous. Um, But as much as I've been kind of, you know, speaking about all this, as I said, um, it's just an emotion. And I never, I don't know, it's not that I try to suppress emotions or invalidate them and so forth. But I also know for me, and Maybe this applies to you. Maybe it doesn't. You know, each one of us has our own sort of way of through it. Um, For me, it's usually just, okay, I get it. Um, Think about it. Express it in many ways like I am doing to you. Or, you know, sometimes I'll call my friends and things like that and just kind of uh, get it out and then move on, right? And just continue working in spite of... Because in that sense, if... If I don't do the work, then in a way, it's like someone who's been in, let's say, on a bike accident, and now they're scared to ride a bike, and it's like the longer that they don't get back on that bike, the more they're going to be in their head, versus it's like, okay, boom, the moment you can get back on the bike, go, and it's like, oh, okay, this isn't that bad, right? So it's that sort of same philosophy, and... Yeah, you know, um, as much, much as I've been highlighting the negative sides of things, you know, again, there, the, you, have to, you have to work to think about the good stuff and make sure that's front and center. So the fact that I do have a great movie in that we are working on distribution, huge, huge thing, right? The fact that we already know... Uh, of a festival that we're going to play in. Huge, right? Um, it's going to be amazing, right? The, the movie is fantastic when people see it. Um, I know it'll resonate with them, right? Uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, 
you know, the, the Wiz Khalifa Lodge concert was fantastic. It was a great night with me and my friend. Um, even though it took us a while to both enter and exit the Rose Bowl for the Real Madrid match, it was a fantastic game. Uh, it was great to, even, even while we were like, you know, slowly making our way to parking, uh, we were able to talk and just laugh and so forth, share ideas. So that was great. And, you know, in spite of slower than desired progress on X, Y, and Z projects, they're still moving forward, right? So, you know, that's kind of the life of just an indie artist in general. You know, we all wish we had more resources, but we do the best that we can with what we got and, you know, make it work. Because what other choice do we have? You know, um, and speaking of the choices, yeah, I mean, for me, one of the things I, I, I talk about with people is I'm either, you know, sometimes they'll throw me something, a project, and they'll say it's super easy. I'm like, no, thank you. No, no, come on. It's just super easy. You know, you're so good at this. Like, can you, can you just do this for me? I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't. Because for me, it's, there's two modes. There's all or nothing, you know. And in that sense, there's no easy mode, you know. It's um, Bill Bird kind of, uh, or sorry, not, not Bill Bird, uh, Larry Bird, uh, he had this mode of playing in that same way where even in practice he was like diving for balls and so forth and they were like, yo, take, like, take it easy, you know, it's, it's just practice. And he's like, I can't, I don't know any other way to play. And so that resonates with me because I'm that same way. Like if I, if I say I'm going to do something, then I'm going to do it to the best of my abilities. There's no easy streak you know which is which is fascinating um just as kind of like a last tangent to all of this um that i think that i've been sort of thinking about is how in many ways dating apps are very draining because people within them are testing the waters and and as i thought about it this is why i I don't like them because if i got on a dating app it would very much be Okay, now I flip the switch to on, and it's like, okay, now I'm going to make it like my mission to, you know, quote-unquote date, whatever that entails. And, and that means like engaging with somebody, you know, that you're matched with, then it would be that and, and, and so forth. Whereas, you know, it feels like for uh, the majority of the collective, it's like a take it or leave it type of thing of like, you know, uh, you know whatever, right? Like, it's not to say that many people will say that their end goal is to like date and meet their forever someone and they get upset when like that isn't happening. And yet it's interesting to observe and listen to various stories of people dating. And maybe this is more of an LA thing. I don't know. But this idea of how like how people go about it, and in that same way, like, I don't know, there's just, there's a differentiation of what's said versus how it's acted upon, right? The, the, the words don't match the actions, and vice versa. 
and I don't know, you know, it's in that way, it's, it, it, it's quite interesting for me to, to think about. Um, and, it, and, you know, because like that, that was another thing that I thought about of like this all or nothing thing of like, yeah, why, why am I so opposed to like dating apps? And it's like, you know what, this is why, this is why. Um, but as part of that, or maybe not part of that, but something else um, that I just remembered is this idea that I've been thinking a lot about how humanity in many ways seems to be on like parallel tracks. We're all trying to like move forward in life and we say we want the same goals. And we probably do. But instead of collectively helping each other, there's this struggle for like rugged individualism when in reality all of us are like sort of drowning. Um, and... I don't know, that's, that's been a big theme of a lot of things that I think about. Um, it's been a big theme in some of the writing that I've done and, ha- and continue to do. And obviously I'm not the person to like solve this on a global level, but that idea that moving towards community-based versus this, you know, because we all are interconnected. And just the simple example of like, okay, you know, I make breakfast in the morning and you make breakfast in the morning. It's like, why, why can't there be a world where it's more communal, you know? Um, and maybe I'm pitching a commune um, in that way. But, but I think, I don't know, I would love to see the world go towards a more efficient place, right? Again, it goes back to that word efficiency where, you know, we're all just supporting each other in that way. Um, where, where the things that we do on an individual level that could be not mass produced, but communal, I'll just use that word again, um, that they were, right? And, and it would help. But, you know, we put such an emphasis on that rugged individualism and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, you know, you get to make your own life sort of thing. And it's a much deeper topic uh, that I'm definitely not going to do justice in right here, right now. But, but it has been on my mind for quite some time. And, and I think that's also part of the frustration that I'm feeling is that, yeah, we are all on these parallel paths when I know deep down there's a better way to do it. Um, because as I said, like, it just feels like a lot of us are just fighting to keep afloat. Um, and, then, and yes, there's always things to be very grateful for, and I've highlighted those. But two things can be true at the same time. You can be both grateful and then also recognize, you know, the negative aspects. Um, so just, uh, just kind of interesting to, at least for me to think about, but yeah, that's what I have for you this week. Um, I know we kind of went every which way, uh, it was more of a philosophical episode than, you know, here's what I did and then here's what I did and so forth. Hopefully that was okay with you and that, that, uh, resonated with you. 
As always, if you have any thoughts or questions of your own, please comment down below or hit me up on social media at Phil Svitek. I would love to hear from you. Um, likewise, if you appreciate what I do and think you would benefit from coaching sessions, well then, uh, by all means, sign up. It's in the description box. Or if that is too steep of a price or you want to just kind of dip your toe in first, well, check out my Patreon page, patreon.com slash philsvitek. There's various tiers of support there um, where we get to interact on uh, various levels. And uh, also, you know, I made mention of the books, the movies, and so forth that I've created. You know, those are linked to down in the description box as well. If, uh, you know, if that's of interest, supporting that stuff is great because that means it can be self-sustaining and therefore I get to create more of it. And the more I get to create, well, then I get to experience it, learn, and share it freely here with you to make your journey at least a little bit easier. That is certainly the hope. Anyway, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I hope to see you next time.